Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Uncard. Uh, I'm your host, John. I'm Steve. So, we uh, did some research, got some stuff we'd like to talk about today. And notice, in the next couple weeks, as of filming, uh, we're recording on the 29th of May, there's actually a lot of product that has either just been released or is coming out, and we're just going to talk about that for a little bit. Yep. Uh, there's new Yu-Gi-Oh! coming out. Uh, yes, there is a new Yu-Gi-Oh! set coming out on the 4th of June called Lightning Overdrive. And from the research I did, uh, I'll be frank with you, I didn't know a lot of what it was talking about, but one thing that struck out to me was that the Black Rose Dragon archetype is getting new support, which I remember that back from the 5Ds days. So that should be really interesting to see how that pans out. That sounds like it's going to be really fun. Uh, I know... I'm not very knowledgeable about Yu-Gi-Oh, but uh, I know during that season of the show, mm -hmm. there was like a lot of dragons that were like brought into the game and everything. So, and I know Five Ds is kind of old, so it's nice to see that that's still an archetype in the game. Yeah, Five Ds was the third of the series, and that's when a lot of stuff started uh, going into <laughs> overdrive. <laughs> because that's when they started introducing synchros, which is, to my understanding, a lot of when like the speed of the game took off. Interesting. Uh, definitely have to look more into that, learn more into that. I mm -hmm. promise I am learning. So, anything else you want to bring up about the Yu-Gi-Oh? Um, nothing else that particularly stood out to me in the announcement when I read over it, but... We want to move on to our next bit of product, which we know a little bit more about, we can hopefully talk a bit more to, is the new Digimon set coming out. Uh, yes, BT4, or yeah. Great Legend. Yeah. And this set will be releasing, on, or sorry, it released yesterday as a recording on uh, May 28th. Yep. Yeah. Uh, some very interesting stuff I read over in the new set that I don't know if it's already been in the game or not. But uh, there's two Digimon that I've read over so far. Um, they are Aguinamon and Lobomon. Both of them say you may digivolve this card from your hand onto one of your tamers. If it is a, a blue uh, Lobomon, if it is a blue tamer, you can digivolve it from your hand onto the tamer as if the tamer was a level 3 Digimon. Uh, Aguinamon is the same thing, but with red tamers. And that is really interesting. In the Digimon that I've played, I haven't seen anything like that, but I'm interested I'm interested to see how that pans out. I want to say this is the beginning of them introducing... I don't remember what season of Digimon it was, but there was one where the tamers actually like became the Digimon when they digivolved. Okay. And I want to say this is probably them introducing that into the game, which is really cool. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yep. And uh, when I was reading through the set list, one that really stuck out to me, because in my time playing Digimon, purple was my most played color. So for some reason, that just always attracted to me. So one that I saw was Dan Devimon. It's a level six. Uh, and uh, on deletion, your opponent discards two cards. That's all fine and dandy, but that's not the effect that really caught my eye 
This one said whenever it's revealed from your security stack, so whenever your opponent does a security check on it, you trash the top card of your opponent's security stack. So basically just taking an eye for an eye on that one. That's really interesting. That's kind of a, uh, I want this card in my security almost. Mm -hmm. And I know there have been decks running around uh, with manipulating your security stack and gaining more, particularly in yellow. And with my limited knowledge, I could definitely see that card seeing some play in those security manipulation decks. Yeah, that would be totally interesting. We'll have to uh, see if we can get either Akai or Tyler on to see how they how they think about that. Yeah, we could definitely have them on to talk about Digimon one day. Absolutely. Um, another thing that I saw looking over this set was that they have some really cool alternate arts okay. on their cards. Uh, like the alternate art for Victory Greymon is this really cool pose. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but he's like, the striking pose is the alternate art. Okay. So it kind of gets more dynamic. Like you yeah. can see a lot more action in that right. pose. Which is, I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I do think that's cool how Digimon does those alternate arts within their booster packs. Which, like, you get the regular cards, yeah, but there's always that chance of getting those really cool arts. And what is a TCG if not great art? Yeah. Right. And then, uh, moving on from Digimon, uh, the next uh, upcoming product we'd like to talk about is the new Pokemon set coming out on the 18th of June called Chilling Rain. Yes, uh, this is one of the things I'm really excited about, because my favorite Pokemon is Snorlax. And there is a gold Snorlax in this set, and that makes me so happy. And uh, I've done a little bit of research into the set. Uh, one card that struck me, a lot of people are uh, just getting really excited about like the Vs and Vmaxes and all of these really big, flashy Pokemon. But one that actually has me kind of excited is the new Beedrill. It's just a stage two. But it has an attack that, uh, if I remember correctly, it's a single green energy. If your opponent's Pokemon has a special energy attached, it is immediately KO'd. Which is really interesting in the current meta of Pokemon because... A lot of people use the special energies. Yeah, that's right. It's like you've got your... In your Steel decks, you've got your uh, Coating Metal energies, which... Uh, re removes all weakness. Yeah, and you've got your uh, coat or your uh, fight or your stone fighting energy. Yeah, which makes you take damage reduction, or especially in the case with battle styles, you got the the uh, hiding energy or not the hiding energy, the the single strike energies and the uh, multi strike energies, which was so those were one of the big things to go with like the Urshifus and your. I'm blanking on the card name now, but the, the whole rapid strike and single strike archetypes. Which is really interesting. They release one set that has these really cool special energies, and then the immediate next set, they release a generic stage 2 Pokemon that says, these energies, you're immediately knocked out. Yeah, I'm interested to see where that goes and if that picks up some steam in the Pokemon meta around here. Absolutely. That would be really fun to watch. Absolutely. We'll, we'll have to see how that one grows. Mm -hmm. Another really cool thing about the upcoming set of Pokemon is... So, Pokemon hasn't had any 
uh, tournaments or anything mm -hmm. because of everything that's happened. So now we have such a large pool of standard rotation set. Yeah, we have a lot of cards in standard right now. Uh, yeah, because it goes all the way back to tag team still. Yeah, that's right. Because we've still got uh, some tag teams and GXs still in rotation. Yep. There's uh, the, the ADPZ decks are still a thing. And uh, my personal deck, which I'm a little sad to see go when it rotates uh, in August, but uh, Lucario Melmetal, kind of like Steel Stall deck, which yep. is my personal deck that I enjoy playing. Yep. Um, I had an ADPZ deck or ADPZ deck that was pretty good and it was fun to play. Um, it was just rip and go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely getting the ADP off to make all of your Pokemon take double prize, and then playing that Zacian to just knock everything out. Yep. Just such an efficient engine to end to end a game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see how everything plays out with such a wide variety of cards to mix together in a standard deck mm -hmm. so and if if my memory recalls correctly we'll have a uh, chilling rain in standard all the way back to tag team until this coming august yeah when rotation hits yep yeah that'll be really interesting to see what that standard environment looks like for pokemon do we want to move on to Modern Horizons 2 for Magic? Sure. Yeah. So the next product we're going to talk about is Magic the Gathering and its upcoming set, Modern Horizons 2. It releases on the same day as Chilling Rain does on the 28th. Or, or it's 18th. 18th. 18th, that's correct. And it's just got a bunch of fun stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And as if you listened to our podcast last week, you know Magic is the game where uh, both of us are most knowledgeable. So we've gone through at least what they've spoiled as of today on the 29th and just made a small list of our top three favorite cards in the set. Yep. So, uh, would you like to start us off with sure. your number one? Sure. Or number three, if you want to go in reverse order. Sure. Uh, I'll go with my first one. It's called uh, Dermotaxi. Say two-mana vehicle. So it has imprint, when it enters the battlefield, exile a creature from a graveyard. Keep in mind, that doesn't have to be your own. So tap two untapped creatures you control. Until end of turn, Dermataxi becomes a copy of the imprinted card, except it's a vehicle artifact in addition to its other types. And does it have a crew on it? Uh, that is essentially the crew effect. Ooh. Because having it become a copy of the imprinted card, except it's a vehicle, it gains that creature typing. Okay. As the crew would normally give it. Okay. There's, there's some interesting things, like, obviously you're cheating on mana cost that you can do with something like that, where, say, if I put a, uh, just a really heavy-hitting attacker in the graveyard, play the Dermataxi, imprint that, and just start hitting for tons of damage. But there's one thing I saw online that really put uh, pushed the card over the edge into my top three. Imprinting a Phage the Untouchable. Under the Dermotaxi. Which, if you're not familiar, Phage says if she's if she enters the battlefield under your control and she wasn't cast from your hand, you lose the game on the spot. That's to prevent people from dumping her in the graveyard and reanimating her or playing her for free from hand. But with using the ability from Dermotaxi, 
it never enters the battlefield as phage it just becomes phage so you sidestep that you lose the game clause nice now what does phage do why does it have such an absurd uh, an absurd effect when she deals combat damage to a creature it dies okay death touch right when she deals combat damage to a player that player loses the game phage manifold key and so if you can get out, uh, that can allow you to get phage kills very early, which I just thought was a really interesting thing to do with that Dermataxi. That would be really interesting. So, John, you're number three? Uh, my number three is going to be Garth, or Karth the Lion. Uh, it is a green-black two for a human warrior. Uh, Karth says when Karth the Lion enters the battlefield... Uh, when Carthaline enters the battlefield or a planeswalker you control dies, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal a planeswalker card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Okay. It also says planeswalkers loyalties abilities you activate and own cost an additional one to activate. Now, when you say an additional one, do you mean like... It adds a plus one. So okay. uptick ones are uptick twos. Downtick ones are now tick zero. Very interesting. So that could actually cause a lot of Planeswalkers to ultimate a lot sooner than they would normally. There's, uh, there's quite a few Planeswalkers you can alt the turn you play them. Yeah, the one that comes to mind for me is Nissa Vital Force, which if you're not familiar she has an she comes in with five loyalty but has an ultimate at six where you get an emblem with whenever land enters battlefield under your control draw a card yep which is an absurdly powerful effect especially in a landfall deck where you can just continually play lands over and over throughout your turn yep uh there's a few lilianas you could ult the turn you play them Unfortunately, I'm blanking on them right now. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Even with just the ability to not minus your Planeswalkers to do their minus one effects is super right. strong. Uh, also, take things like the Fury. Uh, upticking two on each player's turn instead of one. Mm -hmm. You're going to get that ult and take those extra extra turns that much quicker. Yeah, because uh, if I remember right, Teferi comes in with three. Yep, and you uptick one on every player's turn and its downtick is ten. Okay, so you say you're in a four-player game, as most commander games are. Start to ferry on three, uh, plus two up to five on your own turn. Yep. Seven on player two, nine on player three, go up to eleven on player four, and then you can take those two extra turns on your own and leave to ferry alive. Yep. Uh, obviously, assuming to ferry doesn't get hit. Right. But yeah, that is a really interesting card. And a one rotation alt to ferry. And. Let's not forget, it also replaces your Planeswalkers that die yep. in hand. So if they yep. die, you can just go find another one. So say you're playing a Super Friends deck. Exactly what I was thinking. You just play Karth, and you alt one Planeswalker. Your Planeswalker dies. Top seven, replace it. Because mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how much you played against the deck when I had it, but I used to have Yidris Maelstrom Wanderer built as a Super Friends commander. Yep. So I'd be cascading into Planeswalkers but I'd run a lot of the really cheap ones from War of the Spark, 
which would die very often because they only have minus effects. But if I had, was it Karth or Garth? Karth. If I had Karth on the field when that happened, cool, I'll just go find another big scary one to replace the little one to play next turn. Yep. So, what's your next card? My next card, uh, just a little history. uh, Soon after I started playing was when Shadows Over Innistrad came out, which which introduced clue tokens in the investigate mechanic, which clue token is just... Uh, pay two mana, sacrifice that draw card. This card is one I've been really hoping for for a while. It is a clue-based commander. It's a Lonus Cryptozoologist. It's a blue and a green for a 1-2 legendary creature, snake elf scout. Huh, I wonder if that's on Ravnica. <laughs> because of all the simic mutations and hybrids and everything. But whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you investigate. Investigate just means create a clue token. Then you can uh, tap Lonus, sacrifice any number of clues, then have one of your opponents reveal that many cards from the top of their deck, and then you can put any non-land permanent with a mana value of X or less onto the battlefield. So you can just start playing stuff from your opponent's decks, and that's another type of archetype that I really enjoy, is just your cards are now my cards. Yep. My deck is only as strong as my opponents. Yep. Uh, very uh, send triplets-esque and playing mm-hmm. other people's stuff. Yeah, send triplets or like your clone decks and yep. things like that. And those are always fun to play because your deck strength is somewhat limited to your opponent's decks, which is when you could, you could almost bring that deck to any table and not overrun a game like you could if you just had a deck with its own static strategy. Another thing that's really fun and cool about clone decks is since you're cloning stuff your opponents do, you can find weird combinations from, like, everybody's mm-hmm. deck. Like, oh, take this piece from your deck and this piece from your deck. I'm going to put them together and see what I can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, that, uh, on that same line, I've actually played against someone playing a Griselda Monster Masher commander deck, which she's from Unstable, obviously not legal in commander, but... Anything's legal if your group allows it. What Griselda does is she can take two creatures in... I can't remember if it's your graveyard or a graveyard. And... Excuse me. And basically mash them into one creature. So what they did was they took an Avenger of Zendikar, which says when it comes in, you create one, one or zero one sapperling tokens. Uh, equal plants. To, oh, plants. Sorry. Yeah. It creates zero one plants equal to the amount of lands you control. And he mashed that with a champion of Lambholt. Which, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one plus one counter on champion of Lambholt. Creatures you control cannot be blocked with uh, by creatures with power less than champion of Lambholt. Go burn. Yeah, and so at that point, just make all of your plants unblockable. Yep. Alright, so, for my next card, one of us was going to have to pick this one. Garth the One-Eyed. Mm-hmm. Wooburg. And what is Wooburg again? Uh, Wooburg is one of each of the colors. White, blue, black, red, green. It is a legendary creature, Human Wizard 5-5. It says, tap. Choose a card name that hasn't been chosen from among 
Disenchant, Brain Geyser, Terror, Shivan Dragon, Regrowth, and Black Lotus. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's even been remotely in or around Magic knows the significance of that last one. It's the commander that makes a Black Lotus. Which do we want to go over just for those who may not know the so, different cards on Garth? Uh, Disenchant is a destroying enchantment. Yeah, uh, keep in mind with Garth, you do have to pay the cost for these cards. Yes, you do have to pay the cost for these cards. Yeah, so Disenchant is a white one for an instant, destroy target artifact or enchantment. Yep. Uh, Brain Geyser is blue. 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 Yeah, it's blue, blue, X. Target player draws X cards. Yep. Terror is black. I believe it's either black and one or black, black, one. And it's destroy target, non-artifact, non-black creature. Because I, I was thinking it was the same uh, mana cost as Murder. Oh, I, was, I couldn't remember if it was Murder or Duplicate that it shared a cost with. Uh, Shivan Dragon is red. And so it's, it's red, red, and four. So a six mana creature. It's a and five, it five. flying. Yeah, flying. It's a five, five. But it also has fire breathing, which is just pay a red. Shivan Dragon gets plus one, plus oh until end of turn. Yep. So it's as big as however much red mana you have. Yeah. Uh, regrowth is green. It's green and one. Yeah, green and one. And it's return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Yep. And then Black Lotus is an artifact. Yes. And it is colorless, and it costs zero. Add three mana of any one color to your mana pool. Okay, you do have to sacrifice the Black Lotus to get that effect. Yes, you do sacrifice the Black Lotus to get that effect. But that card has been banned in Commander. It's banned everywhere it can be banned except for Vintage, where it's limited to one. Yeah. It's also like a $100,000 card. Depending on the version and the quality, it can definitely... It's one of the most expensive trading cards. Ever. At least trading card game cards. I'm not sure about sports cards. Right. And it's really funny that... I. I still think it's funny that that one is still banned when we have Jeweled Lotus was printed. It's... Differences is Black Lotus can be used for any spell. True. Jeweled Lotus is only used for your commander. That's right. So, do you think that they'll make Black Lotus tokens? Uh, They have announced that they will not. Yeah, it has already been announced they will not be making tokens for these cards. Okay. Which is kind of sad, because I kind of just wanted to roll up with my Black <laughs> Lotus token. But we all know someone's going to show up to a Commander game and actually bring a Black Lotus to use with Garth. Somewhere, someone's going to do it. It's going to happen. So, did you ever think we would be seeing Black Lotus on a card again? Uh, I knew they'd make reference to it. They do it all the time. They did it with, you know, uh, Gilded Lotus, Jeweled Lotus, Lotus Petal. It was a matter of time until they just... A broader reference to straight up Black Lotus. We had in uh, un not unstable on glued. No, sorry, unhinged. It was the second of the unsets. We had Blacker Lotus. So that was another callback to that. Yep. So with this being kind of brought into uh, a form where we're playing banned cards but not really playing them, do you think 
that there is a chance where they will do this with other cards? Uh, not often. There's definitely the chance they could do it again. But I think this is just meant to be something to just be a callback to Alpha. Okay. So I don't... I no doubt we're going to see it again. Just who... No one knows how long until we see it again. Right. Because honestly, to me, this uh, Garth very much feels like a Hearthstone card. Yeah. Because the mechanics that it uses are things that are very easily represented in Hearthstone. Where it's a digital client to play a TCG. As opposed to playing it in paper. And then your next card? My next card. It's a bit of a personal favorite of mine. Really like squirrels. Is Chatterstorm. And it's really simple. So green and one for a sorcery. Create a 1-1 one, one green squirrel creature token. Storm. And if you're not familiar with Storm, it is... Uh, it says copy this spell for each spell cast before it this turn. So and say you've cast two spells your turn, mm -hmm. and then you cast Chatterstorm. So I'd be creating three squirrels. Yep. Not to mention with any other token doublers or even the new squirrel commander they revealed where whenever you create tokens, you create those tokens plus that many squirrel tokens. Which, he seems really fun. Yeah. Seems like you can do some nutty stuff with him. <laughs> yeah, I just really like this card because... It's almost a green Grape Shot, which Grape Shot is a red and one uh, deal one damage to any target with Storm. So this is effectively a green version of Grape Shot. But one difference between this and Grape Shot, this card's legal in Popper. Yep. Because Grape Shot is also a common, so it would be. But right now, the only Storm card that's legal in Popper is Weather the Storm, which is uh, gain three life with Storm. So I'm interested to see how Ch uh, Chatterstorm goes into these, uh, like, Popper Storm shells. Because I've played against decks that win with Weather the Storm, and it, it's pretty rough. Yeah. You can say you uh, tried to Weather the Storm. And it failed miserably. So, my next card is one of my personal favorites out of this set because when I heard about it I was just flabbergasted at how this card worked. Grist the Hunger Tide is a planeswalker that can be your commander. And why is that? Because they've done that before. They just what? saved this plane this planeswalker this can be your commander. This planeswalker does not have the text. This planeswalker can be your commander. How does that work? As long as Grist the Hunger Tide isn't on the battlefield, it is a 1-1 insect creature in addition to its other types. That is a card. <laughs> and what else does it do? So its uptick is uptick 1, create a black and green insect creature token, then mill a card. If an insect was milled this way, put a loyalty counter on Grist and repeat this process. So what kind of insects are you going to be milling with that? All of them. So you got your like go insect tribal. So you got your, like your scoot swarm, your, your scoot mob. Yep. Uh, Nantuko husk is another one in in those colors. A Nantuko shade. 
Nantuko stuff. Nantuko is just a, a tribe of insects. Yep. Uh, Gist. Yep. Because Gist is an insect when it's in your deck and in the graveyard, so it will trigger Gist again. Yep. It's down tick two is you may sacrifice a creature. When you do, destroy target creature or planeswalker. Seems really good if you're going insect tribal because insects are all about coming and going. Mm-hmm. Its alt is a down tick five. Each opponent loses, loses life equal to the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Seems pretty good with all that milling. And what, it, what the cost? That it, the cost is a is a green black one. Oh, okay, so it's a three drop. It's a three drop that enters with three. Okay. The fun stuff you can do with this. Yeah, I could definitely see getting into some shenanigans within Insect Tribal because a lot of cards have the insect typing that you wouldn't assume, or it's just like kind of not very obvious on the card. Yep. So, with this being a 1-1 insect creature, in addition to its text, when it's not on the battlefield. Mm -hmm. The command zone is not on the battlefield. Yeah, and I remember seeing uh, Mark Rosewater answered something on his Tumblr, clarifying that you can have it as your commander. Yep. Because it's a legendary planeswalker, which would make it a legendary, legendary creature. That's a very interesting type line to have in the commander. <laughs> Legendary Creature Planeswalker Dash Gist Insect. Is that right? Yep. <laughs> kind of reminds me of the Dryad Arbor. Uh, land, land Creature Dryad Arbor. Or Dryad. It's another one of those four text uh, boxes. It's just a really obscure type line for a creature. Yep. And so, with this, you would obviously want to go Insect Tribal. You could go Insect Tribal. You could just have, like, a set of insects in your deck just to hope to trigger Gist. Yep. So there are some interesting things you could do with it. Also, with this being a creature, when it's not on the battlefield, you open yourself up to uh, a bunch of tutors for it if it's in your 99. Yeah, so because you have your regular tutors, and then there's the, uh, like specific tutors, like go find a creature. Yeah, so since you're in, uh, at minimum green black to have this in in your ninety nine of the commander deck, you could run just your demonic tutors, diabolic tutors, those kinds of things that just get any card, or you could run worldly tutor, which goes to get a creature. Yep. And with it being a creature in the graveyard, that also opens you up to being able to reanimate it as well. Yeah. So playing your just standard reanimate or uh, a personal favorite card of mine that I feel like should see more play, Phyrexian Reclamation. Because that can just pay one mana and two life to return any creature from your graveyard to your hand. And you can just keep doing it over and over again. Yep. Just keep recurring your, uh, your gist. Also notice, that's in the same colors as Karth. Yep. Sure is. Mm-hmm. So, you can have Grist as your commander, and Karth in your 99, or vice versa. Yeah, I've noticed Golgari is getting a lot of love in this set. It is. Let's be honest, Green's getting a lot of love in this set. 
let's be honest, green gets a lot of love all the time. Yeah, this set, I feel like it's being a little more extreme. Green now has a Yawgmoth's Will yep. that comes off Suspend, which lets you play cards from your graveyard until the turn. Green is getting its own Urborg Tomb of Yawgmoth, which this card will say all lands on the battlefield are forest in addition to their other types, which Urborg was the original version, which did that same effect but with Swamps instead. Yep. Goes back to Golgari getting all the love. Yep. Just do a, a Urborg Tomb of Yawgmoth in the... What's the one in so the game called? Yavimaya something. It, Play that one, and then all your lands are everything you need. Yeah, and you just have perfect mana fixing forever. Yeah. All right. And um, we did want to give an honorable mention. We we're trying to keep our top three to cards that were new. But one key reprint that I honestly thought was on the reserve list. I meaning, thought it was too. Meaning that it would never have been reprinted. Apparently we were both wrong, and they're reprinting Cabal Coffers, which the card I mentioned Urbor, or earlier with uh, Urborg Tomb of Yawgmoth, how all lands are swamps, goes very nicely with Cabal Coffers, which says uh, pay two and tap, add bl uh, black mana equal to the amount of swamps you control to your mana pool. It's only a matter of time until we get a green one. Yep. Yeah, Modern Horizons, although these cards are made for modern... I could definitely see a lot of these cards making some waves with Commander. Oh, definitely. And don't get me wrong, I I am trying to look at these from a modern perspective as well, and there are some really interesting cards that I could see people at least testing with. I don't know anything that will break... I don't see anything that obviously breaks the format, because uh, last time they did a Modern Horizon set, which, uh, just to clarify, if you're not familiar with uh, Modern Horizons 1, Modern Horizons 2... There are cards that are, that are printed directly into Modern, bypassing Standard. So Standard being their flagship rotating format, like many TCGs do. Modern is any card from 8th edition forward. So Modern Horizons 2, or sorry, I should say, a Standard set from 8th edition forward. So like your Commander sets, and your... Uh, mostly the Commander sets. Those cards aren't going to be legal in Modern, but... These Modern Horizons will be, and that's the intention with this series of sets. Okay. And um, with Modern Horizons 1, we had Hogak, which broke Modern. And it made things absurdly aggressive. Which, uh, Hogak, or... Hogak, that's the name. Hogak Crumbling Necropolis. It's a hybrid green-black, hybrid green-black... And six, I want to say. I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head. It has Convoke and Delve. I mean, you can tap creatures to play it, or you can exile cards from your graveyard to reduce its colorless cost. And it's an 8-8 with Trample. The key thing on it is, you cannot spend mana to cast it. Hmm. So you can only play Hogak by using those Convoke and Delve alternative casting methods. And that just broke everything because they had also printed Alter of Dementia. Yep. Just sacrifice a creature, target player mills equal to its power. Yep. And with some of the other cards that were legal and modern at the time, just made the deck super efficient and consistent. All right. Well, 
You want to move on to our next topic? Yep. Um, we actually had a chance with Tyler to try out Kaijudo this week. It was really fun. Do you want to give a little explanation on Kaijudo? All right. So, for those of you who are old like me, you may remember the show Duel Masters. Not to be confused with Yu-Gi-Oh! and Duel Monsters. Duel Masters. Uh, it was an entirely separate card game. Uh, you had like a shield zone. You had your creature zone and your energy zone. Uh, a lot of people might remember the card Bullshock Dragon, which was the main character's big go-to creature. Like, relating to Yu-Gi-Oh!, his Dark Magician. Right. So, they originally came out with the Duel Masters TCG, which was great. It had its flaws, but... At the time, it was a really great game. It rivaled Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. Obviously, the two other games got bigger, and they grew to be more popular. Mm -hmm. So that card game died. A few years later, and then like a few years back, they rebranded the game and called it Kaijudo. The same premise, the same creatures, but they changed some of the rules. So in Duel Masters, you had to use uh, the correct corresponding energy to play your creatures. Now they use the unlock system, basically, which says if I have an energy of that, or the same color energy that that creature is in my energy zone, I can use any energy to, to play it. Okay. So if I have a red bullshock dragon... And it costs two red and one other is what its energy cost is. If I have at least one red in my energy pool, I can tap the red and whatever else. If I have two creatures, each of them cost red, but I have only one red and one blue energy in my energy zone, I still have the one red energy, so I can tap the red to play one and tap the blue to play the other. And that makes it really if or makes it really nice building multicolored decks. It does, and also just playing them because you don't have to worry about having like uh, a red or you don't have to worry about like say you put yellow in your energy, then you put red in your energy. Oh no, that just messes up all my plays. That's not a worry in Kaijudo as it is in say Magic or Dragon Ball. Right. Where you need to stick to those color requirements. Right, which is really cool. It's it's basically a game that's got built-in resource management. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've got a bunch of red cards in my hand. I've only got one red energy, but I've got a bunch of, like, yellow or blue or whatever. I can just play my red energy first and then keep playing my other ones. I still have the red energy unlocked so I can play my stuff. Yeah, so, like, when you get to your late-game boss monster that just happens to be red, cool, you've already got it there, and you can just go on with whatever you need to do. Yep. And it's got a lot of really cool mechanics. Sorry, guys. It's got a lot of really cool mechanics. Like, uh... So your shield... It's got... Sh your shields are your life. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like Digimon... And the fact that it's got, like, uh, shield triggers, which are, like, security triggers. So you break a shield, and your opponent picks what shield they attack. And so say if we were 
playing, and you start with your five shields out, I go to attack your shield, and say, I want to attack your middle shield. So then I would flip my middle shield over, and it, it could say shield trigger, uh, knockout attacking creature. Yeah, so then he would do that, and my thing would just be gone forever. Yep. Uh, it does have an evolving mechanic, which mm -hmm. I am still learning. Yeah, so so I'm not too sure about that yeah. one. And the deck I played that night had that mechanic. Oh, nice. So essentially what it is is uh, it'll say evolve onto some type. So you would play like one of the cheap little dorks of that type early, which may have the one that was in my deck, for example, said when it comes in, draw a card, discard a card. And it's a, it's a pretty small creature, so it can just be killed by whatever decides to attack it. But if you evolve on top of it, it's a four energy card, so you still pay the four energy. It goes on top. And it was a uh, double security check, so I can knock out two shields with it. There's a double shield check. And... Uh, the double shield breaker, right? Yeah, that's the word. Sorry. Yep. Uh, one thing about Kaijudo, uh, to use the magic term, your monsters had summoning sickness, so they can't attack the turn they come out. But when you evolve on top of something, that bypasses something sickness. So okay. all of a sudden, I just have like one little dork on the board. Pay four energy. Boom, I have a big, essentially double strike to hit two of your shields. And the way you win isn't just by knocking out all of your opponent's shields. You have to clear out all of their shields and then hit them directly for one. Yeah, so that's kind of like Digimon as well. Yeah, Digimon works the same way. Okay. So did you ever get a chance to watch the show Duel Masters or anything? I never did. I think I may okay. have seen it on TV once or twice growing up, but it was never something I actually watched. Okay. So the the game itself is actually still pretty popular in Japan. Oh yeah. Uh it died hard in America because of your like your big three, your magic, your Yu-Gi-Oh and your Pokemon. But over in Japan Trading card games are a lot more commonplace, so it really just it it just never stopped. It's still going, to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, I believe the kaijudo is still going over there. Now, did it go with the rebranding in Japan, or is it Duel Monsters over there? I think it went with the right. I think it went with the rebranding. Okay. So yeah, that was really fun. Um. There's another game that's coming out later this year that we're pretty excited about. Mm -hmm. and, and it's kind of interesting. I've learned a lot more about it since we last talked about it. It's the My Hero Academia trading card game, which I believe I mentioned it the last time. It works off of the universe's card system. And uh, Tyler, as we mentioned, brought the Kaijudo. He also printed out demo decks for the My Hero card game and brought in some of the starter deck or start, some of the pre-constructed decks for universes so we could learn the system a bit more and try and teach it to other people here. And we played uh, with the Mortal Kombat uh, Sub-Zero versus Scorpion. And then we also played the demo decks for the My Hero game, which is uh, Bakugo versus Deku. Now, these demo decks will be my knowledge is different from the starter decks that you get. These are just to kind of show people how to play. But the mechanics for the game seem really weird on paper. It's kind of like a lot of an, an info dump when you first learn it. 
but once you actually get in and get playing, it plays really smooth, and it definitely accomplishes its objective of trying to feel like a fighting game. That's cool. So, like, uh, like just playing Mortal Kombat with cards? Pretty much, because uh, the way it works is when you play a card, it'll have a difficulty, say a difficulty of three. When you play a card, say it's the first card you played on the turn, you'll flip over the top card of your deck, and it'll have a control number. And that control number has to be less than or equal to your difficulty in order for the card to succeed. Whenever you fail a check, it ends your turn immediately. Oh. And as you play more cards, each card after the first costs one extra, two extra, three extra, so on and so forth. Oh, wow. And there are two main types of cards in the game. You have your foundations and your attacks. The foundations stay back in your staging area, and you can use those, you can commit them, tap them, turn them sideways. Similar terminology. Uh, use that to basically add one to your check. But, okay. but turning those sideways turns off their effects. So you got to make that choice. Do you want to keep going with your turn, or do you want to just hang back, hold cards in your hand to defend on your opponent's turn? And that's a lot of the back and forth, is do you want to just go all out blitz attack? Or do you want to hold back and just hold up some defense? Because beginning of your turn, you draw up to six cards. So there is no, like, drawing one card, you're top decking. You're, you're going, you're drawing to six and doing your turn. Okay. And I had a lot of fun both playing the Mortal Kombat and the My Hero Starter, or the demo decks. My Hero one obviously being uh, more simple because it's a demo and uh, and it's after their rebranding, going from UFS to Universes. Yep. But the Mortal Kombat one had some interesting mechanics along with it as well. Cool. Now, have you gotten a chance to play that with Tyler yet or learn anything about it? Not uh, yet, gameplay? but we are scheduled to play it the next time he's here. Okay. So, And I'm... I've also seen an image that actually showed all the characters that they're making for the card game. It's got all of Class 1A. Oh, nice. So anywhere from your, like, your Deku, your Bakugo, your Araraka, all the way to, like, Ojiro, who, in at least Season 1, is one of the background characters. Same with yeah. uh, Sugar Rush. Yep. Which, for some of the characters, I'm really interested to see how they do some of their mechanics. Yeah. Because based on the demo deck, they're both super flavorful. Like, they match their characters. Uh, just to give an example of that, how I said you have to hold cards back in your hand to defend, one of the things they do with Deku is, uh, like how in Season 1, whenever he would punch using... Uh, all for one? Yeah, all for one. I always get the all for one, one for all mixed up. Uh, whenever he goes to a punch with all for one... Are you or no? Right? Yeah, it's it one is, for all. It's one for all. Yeah, whenever he goes to punch with one for all, he'll break his arm. He can't do anything after that point. So he has an ability where once per turn you can use its enhance effect, which says discard your hand, this attack gets plus 10 damage. Which 10 damage, you don't, don't have a context for that if you haven't played. You start with 28 life. So 10 damage is more than a third of your starting health but you discard your entire hand, you're left defenseless on your opponent's turn. 
Yep. And you can't attack for the rest of the turn, essentially, because you have no more cards. So I really like how thematic these decks are to the characters. At least it's really fun. And Bach Ghost felt very thematic to him as well. So I'm curious what they do for characters like uh, Higakure, Invisible Girl. Yep. Fun fact, there are four different All Knights. Yep. I remember Tyler showing me that in that image that I had brought up. So... Well, I'm excited for it. It comes out... Uh, it comes out in September, yep. which is a bit away, but I got my box ordered. And I think what we're planning on doing is actually opening the box on stream. Or yes. Either on stream or recorded. It hasn't been fully set in stone yet, but I'm excited for that. Yep. I do want to ask you one question about it, though. Hmm. Out of Class 1A, other, like, Season 1 characters, which, say, two characters would you say you'd want to play? Put me on the spot. I'm not remembering names. But, uh... And I am so sorry for this, guys. Terrible with characters' names. Uh, the guy with the jets in his leg? Uh, Ida. Yes. Or Ingenium. Him? Which, there will be two versions of him. So I assume one with just base Ida and one with Ingenium. They haven't really revealed any of that yet. And, uh... The frog girl. She also will have two different versions, to my knowledge. Yes. Uh, Asui. Yes. So for me, I'm excited for... Um, it's because I feel like the deck is going to be based around canceling your opponent's abilities, kind of more controlling, playing Aizawa, or Eraserhead. Another one that I found really interesting, which I don't think you know is in the set, you uh, they're, they'll be releasing Nomus. So I'm really interested to see how Nomus play out. <laughs> interesting. But uh, I think this is probably about the end of our show today. I believe so. We've been going on a little bit now. Yep. Uh, thanks for hanging out with guys. It has been fun hanging out with you again. Yep. It's always a great time. Yep. Excited for all this new product coming out. It's going to be a June is going to be very fun in the world mm -hmm. of TCG. Yeah, it's going to be a very, very fun, busy month. Um, thanks again, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. All right. See you. Thank you.